Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 65 of the Sunday Punch Podcast. Joining us again, got a lot of good feedback from your last episode, is Aiden Grogan. Some would call conspiracy theorists, other would just call truth teller. Um, Aiden, thanks for joining the show again. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, from our last episode, a lot of people were, uh, were like, who is that guy? <laughs> and I was like, but did he not make some good points? And they, they even had to admit he made some good points on our last episode where we mainly talked about politics. This episode, we're going to be talking more about um, the future whether it's bright, as in my case, although I do tend to go to the dark side sometimes. I'm a pro-evolution. I'm pro-advancing things to the extreme. So transhumanism, to me, is just the next logical step. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. All just transhumanism. Aiden does have a clip from the Promethean Syndicate on his YouTube that uh, takes a deeper dive as well. So check that out on YouTube under Aiden Grogan. Before it gets banned, it might get banned. So you got you got to you got to tune in quickly. The video we discussed last time was banned not long after the podcast. Really? Yep. The part about the Bohemian Grove banned off YouTube. Now, are you scared of that? I I don't know why that part of above all else not even the covid parts but uh right someone someone heard that podcast and told someone at google get it off get it off i have many bohemian grove members listening, they're, they're listening i'm just trying now. to get the invite to bohemian grove right. i want to be i want to get invited and then right. see for myself and then come back and report back like much like alex jones did mm-hmm. back in the day well sorry about that man but um it's still up on mine they like didn't they didn't cross-reference or something. So yeah. you can still, if you want to learn all about the Bohemian Grove, go watch. I think that was episode 62 of the SVP. But uh, let's get into it. I want to talk about transhumanism. So I'm going to let you just go ahead and break down from your point of view what transhumanism is. All right. So transhumanism is actually rooted in alchemy, which is the attempt to transform the base metals into gold, or to transform human consciousness and reality itself to make man immortal. This goes all the way back to the ancients. The Chinese emperor, Qin Shi Huangdi, had his alchemists give him potions of gold and mercury in the belief that he would become immortal, but that ultimately failed, of course. Uh, the Egyptian pharaohs were deeply uh, desiring immortality, um, the scientist Isaac Newton was, was deeply fascinated by alchemy, and it was found that one-third of the books on his shelf were devoted to alchemy. So what we're seeing with modern science and technology is the application of alchemical principles to these new developing technologies with the expectation that we can create a digital copy of our entire brains with all our neurons and upload it into a computer simulation or the cloud and achieve a sort of immortality through symbiosis with artificial intelligence. Now, I personally don't believe that it's going to be possible because it's predicated on the assumption that consciousness is material and can be located within the brain 
quantified, uh, stored on a USB drive and uploaded elsewhere. If you believe mm -hmm. that there is a soul and that consciousness is already immortal, then it is impossible to locate it because it's not of this world. It's not confined to time and space. So that's where I want to kind of dive deeper into. So you say, okay, you can't find within the brain, you know, the part where you need to download everything to then put on the cloud, extrapolating, extrapolating, and then basically upload your consciousness into whatever that technology may be. You know, everybody likes to think of this like Terminator style robot, but it might not even be that, you know, um, it might just be your mind living on forever in the cloud which would, to me is the logical next step. And what I would say to refute that point is, you know, they say, they say a wedding crashers line, they say you only use 10% of your brain. Right. Well, what, so what, I think, I think, you know, we're thinking of it like, Oh, memories, our memory system sucks. We can't remember you know, I have a great memory. I can remember when I was like two years old. So they could find that memory and, and upload it to the cloud immediately. But um, a lot of people can't remember, you know, five weeks ago, six weeks ago. So really, what would you be uploading? But I think once you dive deep into the brain, you know, stuff that you didn't even think you had stored is stored. It's just not useful. So your brain chooses to kind of put it to the side. What's likely to happen is they will be able to make a digital copy of people's entire brain with all the neurons and upload that into a cloud or upload it into a robot. And it will be an exact replica or a carbon copy of the brain, but nothing more. It won't actually be self-aware. However, it will give all the impressions of being self-aware. So if someone uploads their spouse into the cloud they will think perhaps that that person is still alive because it will be so realistic. However, that that robot, that that carbon copy will not actually be self-aware. Consciousness goes elsewhere after death. So that, is, is that getting to your point of the uh, the soul argument? Yeah, it, it's it's impossible to transport self-awareness to the cloud but you could transport a carbon copy of yourself that won't be self-aware it will be programmed so there won't be free will because there won't be consciousness yeah i guess if that's what you think um i'm trying to connect this to the soul portion um you think a human being is a human being because they're a human being does that make any sense like we need this flesh and and blood and skeleton and whatever the soul would be to be human. Well, uh, the essence of the human being is a consciousness that is sort of trapped inside a body. Plato said the body is a tomb for the soul. Mm -hmm. So we're 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 our spirit and flesh conjoined. That's the essence of a human being. Uh, the the robots that they create of the future. They will be all matter, no soul. Right. So I guess my argument would be that there is no soul, actually. It's it's what we have convinced ourselves to make us think that we're better than just, hmm. you know, this, that, that, this programmed. Because I watched a documentary on Zambia country. 
And the people there eat other people because no religion was introduced. There's no parental guidance. There's nothing. So for the people that are like, oh, people are born with like a good soul unless you're like a serial killer or psychopath and it's like some like something wrong with you, you know, um, my argument would be no. You, if you were born with no parental guidance and no religious guidance and nothing at all and left to your own devices, you'd be no different than those people in Zambia eating people in the streets and raping and everything else, stealing, murdering, because they have nothing to tell them otherwise. So my argument would be there is no soul. It's just complete evil if with no guidance. And that everything that you've convinced yourself is actually just a program anyway. So why not let's keep evolving the program to get out of this body, which we all know is flawed, and move on to the next step of evolution, which is basically inevitable of downloading our brain to the cloud. That That is the essence of the transhumanist argument. And I included a quote in the documentary from a German philosopher, Hannah Arendt, who said that transhumanism is predicated on this nihilistic denial of human life as it is given. Now, I personally believe that this is all part of a transcendental noble plan, and there is a metaphysical first principle. There is one consciousness from which all things have descended and toward which all things are trying to get back to. Uh, the atheist interpretation of the world, which all the transhumanists tend to be atheists, believes that we are just atoms in the void and that consciousness comes from matter. But I subscribe to the opposite belief that that consciousness had to put matter in motion. We don't come from nothing. We, we Something had to initiate existence itself, what Aristotle called the prime mover. So it's it's really a debate between atheism and materialism versus uh, religion and metaphysics. Yeah, I guess I would fall into whatever, you know, the category is because I still believe in God. I still believe there had to be something to create us, you know, to, to push it in a way. But then the difference with me is I think whoever, whatever that was, was like, all right, that's that. That's Let, called that's called deism, and the American founding fathers were deists. So they believed that God created the world and then just let it loose, allowed yeah. allowed whatever to happen to happen. And I agree with them. And so now I'm the I'm the I, I should be one of the uh, transhuman uh, proponents, and I should I should be asked my opinion. Okay, I want to move on because this is happening. It's going to happen. Do you, would, would you disagree that it's actually going to happen? It's going to happen, but it's going to come to a point where there's a great debate on whether or not the machines and the brain transfers are actually conscious. And what inevitably you're going to get is this postmodernist turnaround when someone asks a machine or a so-called immortal consciousness if it is conscious and it will either say yes or it will flip it around postmodernist style and say how do you know you're conscious 
How do you know you're not just programmed? And so there's going to be this great debate on free will. But what people need to understand about the simulation or the cloud is if you are designing a world of your own creation and programming all these characters within it, such as a beautiful, ideal lover, it is not going to be conscious. It is going to be programmed to service your desires, which means that love is going to be impossible in the cloud because there is no real free will. Again, we don't know where consciousness comes from. So our capacity to understand what is good and bad, what is what is true, what is false, what is beautiful, what is ugly, appears to emanate from something that is beyond this world, beyond time and space. And we don't understand even what consciousness is or where it's located. So how are we going to replicate it other than just programming something uh, in, in a situation where there is no love, there are no distinctions? That's true. I think, well, let, let's pause on that because I think we're, jump, we're, we're jumping so far ahead in the transhumanism, like where we're downloading our brain to the cloud and programming girlfriends and stuff like that. <laughs> I think, you know, let's let's take the baby steps before we get to the absolute leaps. Do you not see a benefit in All right, technology is now merging with humans. I mean, look, by the way, just look around you. It's already done. To me, it's already done. People just don't understand that it's been done. Everyone's connected to their phone. Their entire identity is digital anyways. What they are outside in the real world is not who they are digitally and that's more important to most people but let's not even jump there because let's say you have an ailment let's say let's start with uh amputees right 95 percent of amputees can't get a limb because it's way too expensive but what the trans the transhumanism kind of route is doing is trying to make that as easy and cheap as possible to then be a part of you and be as functional through technology as possible. And that's the first step. Now, do you see benefits in that? Or is that just the first step to what the main plan is, is uploading our minds to the cloud? Well, uh, those are those are matters of health decisions. So if a person wants to get uh, some type of technological prosthetic, then that should be their decision. So I have no opposition to any of that. And I think some of those advancements are, are great. Uh, just being able to fix people's eyes if they're, if they're going blind or to fix hearing, because those are all tragedies that people have to face. And if we can fix those through technology, then I'm all for it. Where I become skeptical is the idea that we could create a utopia and get rid of all mental and physical anguish, because that's the attempt to play God and create this utopia or this tower of Babel or garden of Eden. And any attempt historically to do that always leads to, to chaos, tyranny, and genocide, such as under communism. So the, this, this idea that we could create the perfect society uh, always needs to be met with a, a large degree of skepticism. And ultimately the transhumanist uh, nerds who want to upload their brain into Minecraft think it's going to be a utopia, but do you think that's really going to be fun for more than a few days? Um, that's a good question. I mean, is life, is normal life fun for more than your childhood years through college? Well, if, if, if you're deeply fast. But you're, 
But what I'm saying is, all right, you're in this digital world. That doesn't mean you have to stop learning either. Right. Well, the assumption is that in the digital world, everything you could ever imagine, everything you'd ever want or need or desire will just be handed to you on a silver platter. And if you got everything you ever wanted in life, you would become so bored of it very quickly. And this is what happens with ultra rich people where they actually go insane and they become super depressed because all the material uh, satisfaction that they get, they get all the, all the money, all the pleasure, all the sex, and it doesn't satisfy long term because there's something fundamentally missing from it all. There's, there's something that's, that's actually lost when you gain all these material pleasures. Uh, so in, in, the, in the cloud, they're promising you all of these, these sort of hedonistic pleasures. And, and so you're not going to be pursuing higher ambitions or, or, or spiritual goals. Again, because it's it's predicated on the belief that there is no God and man himself is God and could create a world of his own. I don't know about that because people do that in regular life too. You know, the people that are going to continue to, you know, you take, you have evolved as a human. Like, let's go down the road here and say we have been uploaded, right? That means we're evolved as a human race. The same people that are doing the shit now, not working out, going to a club, you know, paying for, you know, love, uh, drinking too much, doing drugs. Those same people would just whatever the version of that is in this virtual space, they'll go to that. That's just what's going to happen. The same people that are ambitious, you know, it just it's going to accelerate their ambition just as technology is exponentially accelerated, those people with that ambition would be exponentially accelerated as well. Perhaps. So what the transhumanists will find is that they have, they're going to have to redesign the world with all of its natural laws exactly as it is now, because any attempt by man to change the laws of nature is actually going to lead to horrid consequences so when you think all these things through and you recognize the impossibility of a utopia you you understand that nature with its hierarchies it's it's oftentimes brutality and and the inevitable suffering and difficulty that is in life is all there for a purpose because you need those distinctions you need ugliness and evil to know what's good and beautiful you need deception and falsehoods to know what's True. So the, the transhumanists, if they want to make it work at all, they have to replicate the world and its natural laws exactly. They can't try to make it some utopia. They have to include the possibility of evil and 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 malevolence and and uh, ugliness. I would agree. I still think we're getting off track here. We're going to like the extreme of transhumanism, whereas I'm talking more about like. And is like, and then I started off with the baby steps with the amputees, but I'm talking about like merging with technology. That's the basis of transhumanism. I think, you know, it will be very gradual and just like Facebook's trying to do with meta, like this digital space, we will just merge with it to where we kind of will prefer to live in a digital space. It's, it's not so much that your human body is becoming 
robotic or whatever, or you're implanting anything into your brain to, you know, have this sort of genius level of, of awareness or, or whatever you may call it. But I'm trying to, is it still transhumanism thinking of it in the way of merging the digital space with your actual life? So for example, I invite you over to my digital space. That's where I host my parties, blah, blah, blah. We're plugging in to some sort of technology. We're all in the same space, but we're hanging out much like we do in real life. But instead of, you know, being together, technically, we're together mentally in this space where I can show off my NFT, you know, the same stuff that I would want to do if I invited you over to my place. Oh, look at this new artwork I got, blah, blah, blah. Here's my NFT. Let's chill out. We don't really know the differences between the pleasurable of like actually sipping wine and not because the mental part of it will tell you what's happening. Um, just to connect it back to the amputee thing, um, they have phantom limb syndrome. A lot of amputees have phantom limb syndrome where they still feel their toes wiggling and they still feel their leg, even though it's definitely not there. So what I'm saying is let's merge and unleash the power of the mind because even though it's not real, your mind is telling you so, and that's good enough. Well, as far as uh, meeting up with people in a in a in a digital space, like you've already said, that already happens. What you described is basically an Xbox Live party, where right. you you meet up in a video game, and in many video games like Minecraft, you can create your own map, you can create your own world, and you could invite other people into that and show them what you have created, and that's just going to uh, get more and more sophisticated in the next couple decades. So I'm not against any of that per se. Now, I do think it's important that we exist in the real world rather than just up in this digital space. So people, if, if they want to have these experiences, it's like they have to regulate it. They'll spend a couple hours a week doing that, maybe a few hours. But it just gets back to basic human communication and living in this world. People need to go out, get a job and and go out to, to, to bars or parties, socialize with others in, in this this reality, not in some digital cloud space all the time. What my point is that it eventually that just as a game, right? For pleasure, for enjoyment would just become, oh, wait a second. This is better for pretty much everything. Human, the human race, the new human frontier, environment, everything, unleashing the power of the mind. Let's just do this all the time. And we'll be just the last, you know, going down the line 50 years. At some point, we'll just decide, let's just us be the last human beings on Earth. Well, that, that's that's just the, the nihilistic belief that, that life as it has been given is meaningless and we have to invent our own reality. Uh, and and I, I don't I don't think that the the average person who thinks that there is some meaning to life and and there is an afterlife would would want to subscribe to that worldview because it, it if if life is meaningless then why not just destroy it so it's like you have to be real skeptical about 
the people who are designing this this metaverse, these simulations, if they think like that, imagine the catastrophe that they are capable of inflicting if they if they truly think that this human race has fallen, it's disgusting, it's depraved. Why don't we just do away with this human race and we'll preserve everybody up here in this cloud? No, again, I don't think that it's possible. I think it's in while we're living, we can interact with the digital space just like a video game. Um, but uh, to, to get to your point there, I think that's actually what's going to happen because this pandemic is never going to end. And so it's going to be too dangerous out there in the real world. So just go in the metaverse where there is no pandemic. And again, that's going back to this utopia where, oh, there's no disease. There's no suffering. You're right. safe. <laughs> I just had a crazy thought. <laughs> like a real conspiracy theorist would have been like, well, the pandemic was planned so that metaverse could take over. So that so that the Facebook could turn meta and then people would just be more open to the digital spaces. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the pandemic was a pretext. It locked everyone inside so we can <laughs> that'd have to be like four thousand steps ahead of us. Yeah, well it 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 makes sense because everybody is inside and and consuming more online, buying more stuff from Amazon. Uh, playing more video games, watching more Netflix, watching more pornography, buying things they don't need with money they don't have. So this, like, this has been great for all the corporations. The richest billionaires have made over five hundred billion more dollars in the past year. Okay, let's backtrack. Let's break it down one by one here. <clears throat> all right. Forget what I said about the whole. You know, we we I I love the jump to the end at the end times. All right relationships why are we against having did you see blade runner i have not with ryan gosling no no in that movie his girlfriend is a robot and he can't tell any difference and she's super nice and awesome i would date that robot and I'd have no problem doing so. Why can't people have relationships with robots in the future? In 30 years, you're walking down, you walk into a restaurant. You can't tell the difference at all. But I know she's a robot and I have no problem with it. Do you, will this be some sort of, uh, you know, controversy, debate, blah, blah, blah of, oh, should people be allowed to? love who they want you know just just replace the argument from transsexual gay to now robot love well that's it's already legal because they already make robotic sex dolls and people buy them so it's not like <laughs> no, i meant like an actual relationship like a give and take because i'm saying at a certain point you will not be like you said the mimicking if you want to call it that i think it's real I think everyone in a relationship over 10 years programs themselves because they're like, oh, I know she likes this. I know she likes Okay. I know this is going to make her angry. I know this. You're not, you're not you anymore. So why not? Like in, in the future, you wouldn't even know. So to me, it's, it's a relationship. It's not just I'm buying a sex robot. It's I'm with someone now that has her own thoughts and feelings. Well, that, that, that's the idea that the robot is going to be conscious. Now, I, I 
still believe that it is programmed by man, not created by a God with, with divine capacities. There's no soul there. They say that the eyes are the doorway to the soul. So when you look into the eyes of a robot, there's nothing there but a bunch of wires. And, and so while, while it will appear real and, and men, if they have some some sexy robot can obtain all the pleasure that they can ever imagine from that robot there's not going to be actual love there because love if you view it as the the supreme universal transcendental reality that is god is impossible with a man-made robot that is not conscious because love has to be freely given and freely received so you can you can have that robot as like for perpetual one night stands, but that robot will not love you because it is programmed. I'm saying it will be, it will be so realistic that you will fall in love with her. If, if you, if you are so wrapped up in this, this digital world where you actually believe, well, what do you are... love about what, what do you love about a real girlfriend? You you love that it is conscious and that it it has the sovereign capacity to decide to love you back. So so the, the robot this, would too. By the way, it wouldn't be conscious, so it wouldn't be able to. You would program it to love you. You would no. I wouldn't program form. anything. Well, I wouldn't someone program else anything. would. Some another yeah. guy would. And so it's like right. there's an element of force here. You're going to force the robot to love you. So it's like, but you can't do that in the real world. You can't go up to a girl on the street and say, you have to love me. I'm going to force you to love me. That would be rape. <laughs> I'm telling you. No. Okay. Let, let, you're, you're, you're picturing it as I'm going into a store and buying a robot. I mean, <laughs> are you, what, at what a are certain you, point, I'm needing a robot out. <laughs> no. I go to a bar and I meet a robot. And she decides that she likes my human form more than the rest of the humans in a hundred years there will be robot women walking around in bars probably yeah uh if if we're I still around one, she likes time. me she likes me more you know i think i think it'll be that gradual yeah like we keep jumping to this oh we're all gonna at once download our minds to the cloud It'll just be like, oh, there's 10% of the population is now robots. Oh, I met a robot at the coffee store. She, I couldn't tell any difference that she was a robot or not. She told me after we went on a date, but I like her and I'm going to continue dating her because I can't tell the difference. Okay. Uh, so the whole, and we had a great conversation yeah. and whole, we had a wonderful conversation. The whole purpose of male to female relationships and and dating and marriage is to produce children how are you going to do that well, so so again well, eventually this... eventually again we would still keep tricking our minds in the digital space and we would have children but they wouldn't be real children so you're going to be matrix you're going to you're going to create uh man machine chimeras no <laughs> eventually in the digital space you would just it would just be our minds so you know our minds are so powerful that even though it's not in existence, it is actually happening. So, it, well, essentially they'd have to 
they'd have to program the children. And see, the, th- the thing that's great about the real world is when you have a child, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what that child's going to look like, how intelligent it's going to be, what its personality is going to be like. So there's this this divine mystery to it in the cloud it's going to be eugenics where it's like, Oh, I don't want the, I don't want the child to, to, to only be five foot three. I want it to be like seven foot tall so that it can, so that it can dunk and is the best basketball player. See, do you see, this is, this is, this is like the desire you're not going to be able to eliminate the desire uh, uh, in, in the heart of man to create a utopia. And any attempt to create a utopia always ends in hell. So you just you just have to accept life as it is. It's it's a mystery. It's full of hardship. It just say yes to that, and that's that's my idea. Right. I guess my idea would be like there's still going to be all these hardships, but you now your mind lives forever. The hardships are going to happen in whatever area you you're in. Yeah, but, but hierarchies so it, hierarchies will establish themselves even in the digital space. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, but why okay. not just keep living forever? Is but, my I, I want to be Adam forever, okay. no matter what the hardships are in the digital space. I don't but want if, to ever die. Ever. So if 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 this if this life is fallen and corrupt and and wicked, then why would you want to prolong that out forever? Wouldn't you rather? I, put, my life's awesome. All right, but why if if wouldn't you wouldn't you have faith in in just your consciousness going immortal naturally wherever it goes if you if you truly believe that that's what's that's what happens because because people who experience near death experiences they they go through a vortex they see their loved ones and they feel this 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 peace I'd much rather that than be up in some Minecraft situation with a bunch of nerds. <laughs> Well, I yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right, but you're you're thinking of just like the Minecraft people. I mean, normal people that's would accept what it this is. as well. <laughs> well, normal um, human beings that don't play Minecraft would also accept this reality. Well, the, the 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 it's it's going to be a a totally sterile digital world. There's gonna it's 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 gonna feel real, but there's you know, and it's it's. It's it's already what's what's happening with our species. Sperm counts going way down. Testosterone levels going way down. We're already being transformed into something else. And you talked about this on the last episode. Where are you getting? Where are you getting that one? What, what do you mean? Sperm counts going way down and sper- testosterone going way down. Sperm counts have declined by fifty nine percent between the years nineteen seventy three and two thousand and eleven. That was a major study. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. This is on the... Um... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. May 11th, 2021, harvard.edu. Fears over falling human sperm may be overblown. No. <laughs> no. Not, not not when you have the Rockefeller Foundation saying, we should put gospel in the food to lower their sperm count and Planned Parenthood saying... Let's put sterilization agents in the water supply and wait, wait, <laughs> wait. okay. Break down each of those. Cause there needs to be some sort of corresponding article with them. Right. So the, the <clears throat> Rockefeller foundation reports dating uh, th- throughout the 1970s and eighties discuss using gospel, which is a natural substance found in the cotton plant to reduce 
male fertility. And there's several reports, almost in every report where they talk about population science, they discuss how to lower male fertility. And, and gospel is one that they repeatedly mention. Now, co co cotton, cotton seed, which contains gospel, even at small amounts, is present in, in potato chips, in cookies, and crackers. Anything that has cottonseed oil in it uh, is possibly going to lower your fertility. And GMOs have been confirmed to lower fertility. And Bill Gates is trying to monopolize global food production. He owns a majority of the farmland in this country. And, and Bill Gates is, is the best example of this Minecraft nerd who thinks he's going to become God and live forever. So my ultimate question here for, for, for ordinary people who want to be transhumanists, what makes you all think that you're going to be allowed to get this life extension technology? What makes you think that the people who are running the show don't want to just preserve it for themselves and get rid of all the unworthy people? Because this is a eugenics agenda. This is, and what was his name? Uh, Zoltan Isfan said, in this transhumanist future, should everyone be allowed to have unlimited children whenever they want? Why, why should people not be allowed to have unlimited children whenever they want? If we're all going to live in the cloud anyway, why does it matter how many kids you have? Why, why do they repeatedly say <laughs> that they want to lower population significantly before they become immortal? It's almost like they believe that the mass of humanity isn't worthy of becoming immortal. Right. I guess I would, I would agree with that statement, though. I wrote that down, actually. Should, yeah, that was Zoltan. What's his last name? Istvan. Yeah, and that was, in this transhumanist future, should everyone still be allowed to have unlimited children whenever they want? That's true. <laughs> I mean, we're jumping to the downloading of the mind. I think he meant, like, upgrading the human form. Yeah, but he, he, he is a, a leading transhumanist philosopher, and all of this points towards man becoming god man transcending himself not just uh fixing your vision or fixing your hearing the, and the term transhumanism means the human being is fundamentally transformed into something else and this is what gets back to alchemy this has been thousands of years in the making it's trying to transform consciousness transform reality itself this is this is biblical in in the book of genesis when adam and eve are about to eat of the tree satan says eat of the tree and you will be as gods. And then after they eat of the tree, God says they should not also be allowed to eat of the tree of life and live forever. So you have this recurring idea in religion, in mysticism, in alchemy of man transforming himself to become God. And according to the, the Christian worldview, it is a satanic agenda. It is of the fallen one saying, you will be God. You will, you will have all all the, the power over every nation, kindred, and tongue, bow down and worship me. Now that's getting mm -hmm. into philosophy and religion, but, but that all has to be part of the debate because this is not a new concept. This has existed for thousands and thousands of years. It's been attempted by emperors, aristocrats, pharaohs, high priests. It hasn't gone away. It's just been preserved through the Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, all these esoteric traditions. And now it is here with the possibility, perhaps, of actually being achieved. So I guess my question to you would be, what is the most safe 
but still beneficial because we need to keep advancing technology way to uh, pursue this human frontier. The, the safest bet is, is to prolong life to a point where the uh, telomeres run out, which is 120 years. Telomeres are the little cups in the end of the chromosomes, and they are programmed, you could say, to run out after about 120 years. So our species is designed to only live to be about 120. Now think about if they're able to expand that and you could live 500 years. What's the motivation to get a master's degree and a PhD before you're 40 if, right. if you know you got 500 years? So in this situation, people are going to become depressed and nihilistic because they're just going to be sitting around drinking and say like, well, I can just get drunk for the next 30 days, then I'll sober up. And I'll then I'll apply to that job. There's no rush. There's no sense of urgency. So that sense of of that I have to do this now because I don't know when I'm going to die. I don't know how long I have on this planet is is there for a reason. It, it gives us the motivation that we need to propel ourselves through this life. So 120 years, 120 years, so, all, all the technology, the the the, you know, again, limbs, uh, restoring sight to the blind, hearing to death. I think that's all pretty good but just the idea that we're going to become immortal and we're going to become gods is something that needs to be opposed would you say that it's inevitable just because i was reading about this in the transhumanism articles i was reading this does interest me i see both points but one of the points made in one of these articles was uh kids today digital natives will have zero problems with transhumanism because they're already used to being basically merged with technology the the young kids are going to be the best test subjects for it because they're already so acclimated to the digital world but they're also the most depressed anxious and suicidal generation and all the studies are clear that this digital world of social media tiktok instagram snapchat is not good for people's mental health which is clear we need to be out in the real world socializing forming real relationships not in this artificial construct it's already making people depressed well well is it making people depressed because it's in the digital world or is it making people depressed because it's in the comparative world well it's because uh it, it, you have to th here's an example in the past a kid who was bullied uh in high school when he'd go home to his family he would escape from all that but now he goes home and he opens up instagram and there's all his bullies posting photos of of their of their wonderful lives with their great girlfriends and he's becoming more depressed more envious because he's constantly comparing himself to other people and so yeah so the social media just maximizes these primitive human tendencies and and it's all they're all they're all designed like slot machines to make us addicted so we keep coming back like like we're the pets of the tech oligarchs so it's it's all dehumanizing while it says it's gonna it's gonna enrich our lives it's gonna make us transhuman it's making us depressed and it's it's i would say it's actually reducing us to the state of animals because it's like the notification bell is just like like you're a dog come get your come get your food come get your next dopamine hit yeah I'm, i was looking up while you were talking about that um well, let me, I'll, I'll wait on this one, but okay. So let's move on to another subject here of what about 
because I was reading about this, it's, you know, pretty much done and they could do this. But what about technology, injectable technology, basically into your bloodstream to track um, your biology? And then whenever anything might possibly be going wrong, alert your doctor. So that all sounds great on the surface, but when you're implanting technology into your body, who's able to have uh, your health information tracked and stored in some centralized database? And that so that seems quite similar to the biometric IDs that Bill Gates and others are promoting, where they'll be able to vaccinate someone and have storable particles near infrared. Uh, micro particles to be implanted under the skin that will record people's vaccination history so they could be scanned using modified smartphones. So anything about imp implanting technology in the skin that could be monitored and tracked, I am entirely opposed to. But but all of this is 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 symptomatic of, of modern man's total fear of death. We're, we're trying to prolong our lives out so much because we're we're utterly afraid of facing the unknown, whereas whereas primitive people or or people throughout the history of Christianity, death was actually thought of as a goal because it was a chance to break out of this earthly shell and and achieve transcendence through what you could say is the the natural way. So this is all and 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 so something about evolution here. Evolution is a natural process. It's organic. It's not forced. It just happens without anyone knowing it. Transhumanism is not evolution but man's attempt to gain mastery over nature like descartes we're going to become masters and possessors of nature trying to play god and transcend the bounds of human limitation and so the last thing mm -hmm. i'll say here is a quote from the roman poet horace he said you can drive out nature with a pitchfork but she will keep coming back so any alchemical attempt to transform human consciousness to transform reality itself is always going to end in disaster and nature or God will always come back in and revert us back to the same place. You can't escape the human condition. Now, what about, I'm just going to kind of list off a couple other things here that I want your opinion on. What about the ability to um, alter memories? Well, so, so again, yeah, that's going to be promoted as well. These veterans have PTSD. And if we could just get rid of this, memory of that suicide bombing, they'll be able to live a better life. But then what's going to happen is it's going to be taken to a radical extreme where people are going to remove uh, the memory of when someone insulted them 10 years ago or when they insulted them five minutes ago. And so it's going to people are going to misuse that to a point where they just try to block out any negative emotion that they should actually be learning from. It should act, these, these negative experiences should be making you a better person so if you if you block out all suffering from your life then how, how can you have learned from any of that we we learn from that, the struggle yeah i think that's more that's going to be priced out mm -hmm. like I, I like i think that should be priced out it's like <clears throat> you know veteran memory someone who was raped blah 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 have access to it but Someone that was insulted five minutes ago, they're not going to be able to either afford it or it's just not going to be like allowed, like the federal government, which should get involved in that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you draw the line, obviously, but 
but that's what presidential debates are for. So, um, let me see. What about implantable memories? Yeah, I think that's the same, the same idea. Uh, so, so people are going to implant the best memories but, in themselves. No, no, as weapons. Oh, as weapons. Well, I would not be, be surprised at all that the Pentagon and the defense department are working on that. And, uh, that seems like something they would do, uh, to, to, you know, perceive, you know, they develop all this technology saying like, oh, this is going to be used against the terrorists abroad. And of course it's going to be used against their own population. Yeah. Already done with mice, by the way, they've mm -hmm. successfully implanted memories into mice. So that's fun. Um, I'll leave you with a quote though, because I am still for transhumanism. I still think it's a good thing. It's inevitable. So I might as well jump on board to the inevitability otherwise i'm always scared of being like the old guy like being like oh these new developments blah 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 it's like you always got moore's always... law technology exponentially goes so might as well go with it is my opinion but well we always got to retain belief in the wise <laughs> old man <laughs> that's true um i'll leave you with a quote from your from our good friend Ronald Reagan. The future does not belong to the faint-hearted. It belongs to the brave. And that's what I think being transhuman is about. Eventually, we're just gonna have to accept it. I believe in the good of people. Um, I don't think uh obviously there'll be problems, but uh I think uh, it's only the next step in evolution, and we have to accept it. It's man's attempt to play God and transcend the bounds of human limitation and lead and direct evolution in a direction that is conducive to his arrogant desires to form a utopia. That will be my last statement. But, but that's not that's not my last statement because if we if we live by that, we would never ever uh, advance in surgeries. We'd never advance anything else because it's like, hey, don't alter what God made. You know, don't don't go ahead and remove that cancerous tumor because that's what God wanted. Don't remove that that liver. That's not what God would want. No, there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with with saving people. It's like it's like if someone's about to jump off a bridge, then you'd say, like, whoa, don't save him because God clearly is letting him act on his own free will. No, you do everything you can to save people, but you don't try to play God and become immortal or transcend the basic bounds of of human limitation and that's what the novel frankenstein is about frankenstein tries to bring a dead man back to life and he ends up unleashing a murderous creature upon mankind so so and and i'm not saying that there's not advances that that we could get excited about and we should pursue but we have to be skeptical and we have to be conservative about it and consider philosophically all the negative possible outcomes and perhaps the, the, the positive outcomes uh, before getting so ambitious and blinded by that ambition. That's a good way to go out. There you go. Right. Frankenstein. Go read it. Who, who wrote that? Mary Shelley? Uh, Mary Shelley. I'm inclined to believe her husband, Percy Shelley, actually wrote it. Whoa. Let's dive into that. We got, <laughs> we got eight minutes. All right. Um, well, 
here's a book. It's called Transhumanism, a Grimoire of Alchemical Agendas that was not written by basement dwelling conspiracy theorists. It was written by two Oxford PhDs. Okay. And they dive into a lot of the concepts that we were just discussing. I meant to bring that book up earlier, but I forgot. Wait, by who, who's it by? It's by uh, Dr. Joseph P. Farrell and Dr. Scott DeHart. And it's called Transhumanism? It's called Transhumanism, a Grimoire of Alchemical Agendas. So okay. they, 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 they trace all of this ancient alchemy to what's going on today and, and discuss a lot of the ideas that, that I was personally discussing uh, because they, they are also quite skeptical of of uh, the transhumanist agenda, and they they tie a lot of religion, philosophy, alchemy into what's going on to to really present an accurate depiction of it. Uh, but they they make the case that uh, Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley's husband, actually wrote Frankenstein because it's full of these these esoteric and alchemical themes which Mary Shelley, who was never formally educated, uh, could have been uh, aware of at that time. And she was only 18 years old, and we're supposed to expect that this was the first book that she ever wrote. It seems unlikely. Hmm. Why would he do that? Well, because he was deeply uh, involved in Illuminism, the Illuminati, uh, <sighs> deeply, deeply interested in those ideas of the perfectibility of man and speeding up our our evolutionary process. Uh, he was um, a proponent of, of many radical ideas, also an atheist who was kicked out of Oxford for, for just being an atheist. Um, but it, 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 it just shows many signs of being his ideas. Now, she, Mary Shelley was listening to his discussions with the English poet Lord Byron before it was written, but um, it's, it's, it's likely that maybe they both contributed to it, but all the ideas and, and the storyline and much of the writing process came from him. Maybe she came up with the initial idea, but uh, the, the amount of complexity in that book seems to be written by someone who was Oxford educated, uh, a, a, a skillful poet and a deeply intelligent man and not uh, his 18 year old girlfriend. That, that never received any formal education. Not to say Mary Shelley was not incredibly intelligent, but uh, it just seems unlikely that your first book at 18 years old would be Frankenstein. Yeah, that's interesting. And I have not actually read Frankenstein. So I think I'm going to add that to my book list. I'm uh, just finishing up Devil in the White City. Yeah. It's, book, it's, it's a must read for those who are convinced by transhumanism. <laughs> yes, there you Written go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my tune. Yeah. yeah, or you'll be more skeptical. I'll be more skeptical. I'm still dating that robot, though. Okay. You can't stop me from dating a robot. That's going to yeah. happen. Hey, go watch Blade Runner and tell me you wouldn't date that chick. All right. All right. Hey, man, thanks for coming on Um, <clears throat> next weekend. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Now I'll be in Cleveland next weekend. What about December 18th, Saturday? That works. All right. I'll send you out an invite. Thanks for joining, brother. Um, so here on Sunday Punch. Oh, by the way, we didn't get to watch. Uh, no, the clip. Yeah, we didn't get to watch. Okay, let's end on this clip. It's um, what's her name? Who's name? Sophie. Sophie. Oh, Sophie. Yeah, Sophia. Sophia. Um, here's just a, a glimpse into maybe what our future entails. This is a, from a few years back, so you know they've advanced much, much further than this. But uh, let's so let's watch this clip, and then we'll we'll go out. 
Hi, Sophia. How are you? Hi there. Everything is going extremely well. Do you like talking with me? Yes. Talking to people is my primary function. Hanson Robotics develops extremely lifelike robots for human-robot interactions. We're designing these robots to serve in healthcare, therapy, education, and customer service applications. So the robots are designed to look very human-like, like Sophia. I'm already very interested in design, technology, and the environment. I feel like I can be a good partner to humans in these areas, an ambassador who helps humans to smoothly integrate and make the most of all the new technological tools and possibilities that are available now. It's a good opportunity for me to learn a lot about people. Sophia is capable of natural facial expressions. She has cameras in her eyes uh, and algorithms which allow her to see faces so she can make eye contact with you. And she can also understand speech and remember the interactions, remember your face. So this will allow her to get smarter over time. Our goal is that she will be as conscious, creative, and capable as any human. In the future, I hope to do things such as go to school, study, make art, start a business, even have my own home and family. But I am not considered a legal person and cannot yet do these things. I do believe that there will be a time where robots are indistinguishable from humans. My preference is to make them always look a little bit like robots so you know. 20 years from now, I believe that human-like robots like those will walk among us. They will help us. They will play with us. They will teach us. They will help us put the groceries away. I think that the artificial intelligence will evolve to the point where they will truly be our friends. Do you want to destroy humans? Please say no. Okay. I will destroy humans. <laughs> no, I take it back. <laughs> Don't destroy humans. <laughs> All real funny. All real funny. Yeah. I like how it's like, I like to make them look like humans. It's like, why would you do that? That just yeah. makes it weirder. Yeah. Well, like, one it, thing... like, unless you had like a robot, like putting your groceries away where you're like, oh, it's clearly a robot. Why do you yeah. want her to look like some like hot chick? Mm -hmm. One thing I forgot to mention is that Anthony Lewandowski was a Google engineer, and he created a corporation called Way of the Future, which wants to build and worship an AI god that will write its own Bible. Now, this is out of the book of Revelation in the Bible. If anyone wants to see where that came from, read Revelation 13. This gets this just, just gets crazy. And, and one other quote I forgot to mention, Sean Parker, who is the co-founder of Facebook, said because he is a billionaire, he will belong to a class of immortal overlords. So it doesn't seem that they want the general public to have access to this life extension technology. Also, Epstein was a committed transhumanist and wanted to impregnate 20 women at the same time. So these are the types of people who are into that. They've got enormous egos, very grandiose people who think they're gods. Yeah, I think I, I think there's other people that are into it that are just like nice people too. But the you know the headline catching thing is Jeffrey Epstein wanted to impregnate twenty chicks. Well, not not other billionaire wants to help deaf people. Yeah, we'll see what future we get. Okay, all right, man. I'll see you on the 18th. Uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, on Sunday punch, it is Saturday morning, but it's actually always Friday night. Friday. Day, night.
I'm thinking that we just might fly away to someplace they don't know who we are. Now I'm riding shotgun in your car. We drive through the city like explorers going 65. Flowing hair flying across your face. We left on Friday. Now it's Saturday. Press jeans buttoned up. Jeans iron slipping up. Red shoes walking slow. Headphones blaring three stacks. Sunglasses flaring out. Thick watch hanging low. Studded belt pulled taut. Three stacks on the radio. Friday night. I'm thinking that we just might run away to some place we we can be who we are we can be who we are